Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, Pater! Pater! Hi, everyone, and welcome to Pater, a Penn State football show. Along with former Penn State and NFL quarterback Matt McGloin, I'm Tom Hannafin. This show is brought to you by our sponsors, Funk Brewing, the official craft beer partner of Pater. This month, be sure to check out their Sour Power Watermelon Ale, the R&D Experimental IPA, and their very popular Funkadelphia IPA and a new burgundy and baby blue can for baseball season. Wink, wink, Phillies fans. Funk has so many great beers to choose from at their tap rooms in Emmaus, Elizabethtown, and York in Pennsylvania. You can find a variety of Funk Brewing beers at your favorite beer distributor and grocery store. Visit funkbrewing.com to learn where and how you can get their fantastic products. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Please drink responsibly. Also, Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from pro and college basketball to UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code Believe, that's B L E A V, to receive your rewards. Pater is presented by betonline.ag where the game starts. Also, we invite you to head to shop.believe.com. That's shop.b-l-e-a-v.com and search Pater for our two t-shirts. One is the official show logo over the heart. It comes in white, navy, blue, and black. And the other is a navy blue t-shirt. It has the Pater wordmark over the heart and on the back circa the 2012 Penn State football season. It has Matt McGloin's name and number. Again, head to shop.believe.com. That's shop.b-l-e-a-v.com and search Pater for our two t-shirts here on Pater, we're back to covering football I want to thank you all for tuning in for our special basketball edition uh best of luck of course to the penn state men's basketball program tomorrow night at 9 55 p.m eastern i think it's on tnt it's uh number 10 seed penn state against number seven seed texas a&m so best of luck to the penn state men's basketball squad uh we are back to covering football and thank <laughs> God, there's something to talk about again. Uh, the 2023 spring practice period began yesterday. 15 practices are allotted per team. And of course, this all culminates on April 15th with the annual blue-white game, which we learned yesterday in James Franklin's press conference is going to be an actual game, uh, which is great. Last year was more of a glorified practice and scrimmage, and it's going to get back to being a game. So that's a nice piece of news. But let's start off, Matt, with the first piece of news that came out this week. It was late Monday night. It was announced uh, via social media, especially. There was this great video on Instagram, the Penn State football account, of Dion Barnes being named the new defensive line coach. The response from the players was fantastic it was a great reveal by head coach james franklin Dion barnes for those that don't know obviously played for penn state for a while played in the national football league has been a grad assistant has been an analyst and now uh after three years with the team he is officially the defensive line coach what did you think about this selection by franklin yeah i mean i i applaud james franklin for for hiring within the program for hiring a guy like Dion barnes who and not just because he played at penn state you know but but somebody who was a smart player who worked hard who who took a lot of pride um, in his game and has kind of worked his way up through the ranks. And and now to kind of have hired within the program, Tom, you know I'm a huge fan of doing that. I'm a big believer in that. And, and it's because, look, the coaching staff knows him. 
the players know him. They know what to expect from him on a daily basis. He can continue to teach what John Scott uh, Jr. was teaching, right? That was working for, for that defensive line and working well. Um, you know, this is a guy, he's, he's played for Larry Johnson. He's been around some really good coaches. Um, he understands what Manny Diaz is doing, right? That there's no, you know, time frame now, Tom, where, you know, if you're a player, I got to get used to this new guy. You know, what does he want from me? How, how do I develop that relationship? How do we build that connection? How, how do I prove to him, you know, that, that I'm capable of earning it and getting the job done? I mean, that's, that, that's not necessary. That's there, right? This is a guy, again, who has worked his way up, understands what it's like to play at Penn State, understands what it's like to coach at Penn State, understands the atmosphere, um, that environment, and he already has that relationship with those players. So this is one of those things, Tom, where it's like, all right, let's hit the ground running. Now, obviously, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, he's responsible for a lot more now, you know, being a position sure, coach, a big and, change. Yeah. you know, understanding what that's like on a day-to-day basis, what it's like, um, you know, leading his group, what it's like being in meetings and, and game prep and things like that. But th- this is a really good hire. It's a really good spot for this defensive line to be in Tom. And I think they can continue to, 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 to play well and continue to, build there i mean already have some depth there guys that have played a lot of football at that position so uh, i think it's a i think it's a really really smart route for james franklin and penn state to have hired a guy like Dion barnes yeah the personnel that he's inheriting hopefully will make this a really good transition for him and james franklin spoke about it yesterday during his press conference and that it was pretty transparent saying listen we interviewed a lot of other people what i gleaned from it is that they probably had in the back of their head that maybe we could go to Dion and you have to do your due diligence in terms of who's out there. Somebody that, you know, James Franklin said, maybe we're considering for to, to bring on the staff immediately or somebody we just want to get to know now so we can maybe hire them later. Who knows? So you understand the the corporate side of what the coaching staff had to do and landing on Dion Barnes uh, really seems to be a good fit. And, and you hit the nail on the head going from an analyst and a GA. It's a very different relationship with the players and what he's going to be having now as a coach where, He's he's got to be more authoritative, and it sounds like he's got the support of the coaching staff around him and that it's going to be a learning process. And I think the biggest learning curve that he's also going to experience is that uh, we talked about it. He went from an active pro player to grad assistant to an analyst, and now he's a defensive line coach. So uh, there wasn't a lot in between necessarily. So the recruiting side of things. That is going to be a work in progress. Now, fortunately, Penn State, Manny Diaz, the brand, James Franklin, all those things rolled into one kind of sells itself. So we'll see at what point they're like, hey, Dion, you need to be able to land this recruit on your own. But sounds like it's going to be a team effort. So that was some really nice news on Monday night. Tuesday, practices got underway. Uh, We talked about James Franklin had his press conference. The biggest quote that came out of that press conference was regarding quarterback. Now, the question was asked, what's the rotation going to be like during spring ball? And I want to get your thoughts on, you know, what to expect from quarterbacks during this time of year anyway. The concept was, okay, like, you know, what's it going to be? Is it going to be an even rotation between Aller, Perbula, and Jackson Smolik, the incoming freshman? And James Franklin said, quote, for the first time in a while, we're going to have a true competition at quarterback. Now, that standalone comment set off a lot of people. But I do want to just clarify that Franklin did go on to say it was like Sean Clifford and Drew Aller had similar skill sets, not the same player. Let's not kid ourselves. 
not the same athlete, not the same player, but these are more pocket passers. It seems Bo Perbula has the gift of being able to run the ball very effectively and is a dynamic athlete. So when you heard true competition at quarterback, what was your response? Um, I'm not sure to be on, to be, to be honest with you. I, I didn't, I didn't expect him to say that Tom, but again, like, you know, how many times on this show have we said, you know, look, Aller has all the tools. He has the size, the arm strength, you know, he certainly has wowed mm -hmm. in, in some moments when he played last year, but he hasn't done it yet. Right. True. He hasn't been the guy yet. He hasn't run out of the tunnel as the number one guy. He hasn't walked onto the field and stepped in that huddle as a starting quarterback. So for me, you know, again, I, I wasn't sure how James Franklin was going to approach this, how they were going to handle this. But look, I love the fact that they're going to let these guys compete. Um, right. Again, for Alar, it's supposed to be you. Right. You are supposed to be the guy. But, man, you, you're going to have to earn it, right? We're not going to give this to you. You need to go out there and prove to us every single day that you deserve to be the guy. Um, and for a guy like Bo Perbula, I mean, look, you got a chance. You have a chance to be the guy. What, what are you going to do with it? And the best advice that I can give a guy like Bo Perbula is to make this coaching staff make that difficult decision. Put it in their hands. Force them to sit down, Tom, every single day and really have to think about who is the best quarterback for Penn State football, right? I mean, that's when, when you're in that, again, I've, I've, I've been in both Perbula's position where you go into spring ball and you're thinking to yourself, you know, I think I'm capable of being a starting quarterback. I think I'm capable of being the guy, but. Does everybody else see that? Does the coaching staff feel that way? Am I fighting an uphill battle? Um, you know, so uh, like, you're going to have to scratch and claw. He's going to have to be well-prepared every single day. He's not going to get the, the same amount of opportunities, even though James Franklin says it's an open competition. Let's be honest. He's not going to get the same amount of opportunities that a guy like Drew Allar is going to get his leash is going to be a heck of a lot shorter than Drew Allar's leash is going to be. But still, Tom, it's the mentality for Allar, knowing that you got a fighter behind you who's going to bring it every single day, who's not going to let you get too far ahead of him. So you're going to have to grind this out. You're going to have to work. It's going to make Drew Allar better. Um, it's going to make Bo Perbula better. Because when you get, again, and we remember we talked about last year during the winter workouts, Tom, about how people were talking about Perbula, mm -hmm. the work ethic, what he was doing in lifting Talking sessions. about him this winter as Condi well. He's, conditioning. For yeah. what it's worth, those daily, weekly awards, he's won a bunch of them. Exactly, yeah. So it's like for a guy like that and, a, and, a, and somebody who has the mentality of a guy like Bo Perbula, when you just give him a little bit, Tom, those guys take full advantage of that. So, look. Wasn't sure again how Drew, how James Franklin was going to handle this, but I love the fact that this is going to be a, a, a competition where these guys are going to battle it out. They're going to compete, right? It's going to be a healthy competition. Um, and it sounded too, Tom, like you know, whatever happens, there's still going to be some packages for both Perbula moving forward. Yes, that was something James Franklin was very uh, you know, particular to point out is that probably by the end of spring ball, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, is that you'll probably see Perbula have more snaps 
overall than Aller. That is because it sounds like they want to create a package for him. You know, a friend of the show, Tommy Stevens, was kind of in this role. Very different athlete. Let's not compare apples to oranges, but still a running quarterback who can come in and just mix things up a little bit. That That's an asset. That's a, a weapon. So they kind of have to figure out what they have in Bo Perpula during the spring. And then in the summer, they really won't make that decision until the summer. Um, and I just want to be clear. We didn't even find out that Drew Aller was the number two quarterback until week one against Purdue. I had no expectation that James Franklin was going to come out yesterday and be like, oh, Drew Aller's the starting quarterback in 2023. He, it's just not what he does. I think everybody and their brother expects Drew Aller to be the starter once we play against West Virginia. But that doesn't mean you don't take the spring to evaluate what you have. And, and it seems like Drew Aller, this is not like, Aller is not the starter or something like that, or there's something wrong with Drew Aller or whatever. No, this sounds like the coaching staff is going through their installation process. They're trying to see what they have. And this is a real chance for Bo Perbula to show that he could be the solid number two quarterback. Because here's the other thing we don't know about Drew Aller. How does he do with a regular season schedule and staying healthy? Mm-hmm. It was consistently a concern with Sean Clifford, unfortunately. So the health of Drew Aller, the health of his backup was very important. The same could go for Bo Perbula. We have no idea if Drew Hours all of a sudden just going to be an injury-prone quarterback. I'm hoping for the best. I'm hoping what everybody else is hoping for, that he throws for 5,000 yards, 45 <laughs> touchdowns. He wins the Heisman every single year. Everybody calm down. I think this is simply the coaching staff doing their due diligence, and they've got Perbula, who's a different athlete. I'll say this about Bo Perbula, and you just hit on it. What he showed in winter workouts in 2022, what he showed this year, uh, I don't know if he's on the roster in 2024. It's a good point. I, yeah. I, I could see him transferring. Yeah, that's a really good point, Tom. And, and I, I, you know, it's just, I just go like, I go back to this too. Like, don't think that it's going to be as soon as they start practice, which is today while we're recording this, right? Um, don't think they're just going to go out there and both these guys are going to be dominating practice practice in it's not and like practice that. Out. it's this is very new for both of these guys it, it takes time to get comfortable it takes time to walk in that huddle and be the guy heck tom for both these guys it's going to be hard spitting the plays out right now you know what i mean processing the information understanding all that information that's being thrown at them by mike yursich right things are going to be happening very very fast i can see some of these packages are only on being limited for both of these guys, right? Because I think, Tom, the most important thing right now that you're looking at, if you're James Franklin, if you're Mike Yurcich, when it comes to these quarterbacks is, right? I mean, can, can they just, can they be consistent every single day with it? Could they do it every single day? I'm getting in and out of the huddle. I'm understanding my shifts, my motions, my adjustments. I'm making sure two guys aren't moving at the same time, you know, when we're shifting motion. If they do, making sure everybody gets reset here before we go again. Um, right. It's a process. It takes time to understand how to play the position and understand your role. And I think once they figure out, you know, which one of these guys, and that's going to take time, obviously, but once they figure out which guy is really comfortable doing that, then they can start to implement more and more and more and more and more. Right. I, I mean, and one of the big questions too, Tom, why I bring that up, it's like, I don't know if you take the chance of throwing everything but the kitchen sink at these guys early and seeing what sticks, right? We talk about these young guys being fragile, 
being delicate right now mentally because it's because they're new, they're still young, and the expectations are certainly high. So, again, if it's me, I think I'm just being real careful with the mental aspect of the game. I want to do everything I can to really, really build confidence in these guys moving forward day in and day out. The one thing that was harped on by James Franklin at the top of his press conference, he talked about, you know, all the objectives for every different group, offense, defense, special teams going into spring ball. And for every single one of them, he said, identify leaders and empower them in leadership positions. Let's not forget this team is losing substantial leadership going into this season. You lost Sean Clifford, whether people want to admit it or not. Sean Clifford was a leader for this team for many years. Juice Scruggs, Center on the offensive line, there's a leader gone. Wide receiver, Parker Washington, Mitchell Tinsley, leaders gone. Uh, Brenton Strange, potentially a leader at the tight end room. I don't really know what his relationship was like there. Leader gone. Defense, Jair Brown, the list, PJ Mustafer, the list goes on and freaking on. So there is a concern, I think, internally more than they'll probably be willing to express is who's going to step up, who's going to lead this team. And Drew Aller. Everybody in Happy Valley is looking at him, so you better believe the coaching staff is looking at him as well. Uh, so that's what's going on with quarterback, and I know that set off a lot of people. So my my advice to everybody is just chill. Just it's spring ball. We got we got time. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about some other offensive positions that uh, James Franklin was uh, able to address. This one's quick. Running back Nick Singleton and Katron Allen. Everybody knows that those guys are going to get the lion's share of the carries. No pun intended. But at the same time, it's like who's going to be in there behind them. The mission statement from James Franklin right now. He's like just. Don't overwork them. They've got two freshmen coming in the offseason, Wallace and Montgomery coming in the summer, excuse me. You've got a bunch of other guys on the roster. Uh, is there anybody that jumps out to you in terms of who could be that third back for Penn State? Yeah, I mean, gosh, you know, I mean, it's it's one of those things where you got to be careful, right, with those two running backs here. You don't want anybody getting injured, but you also want to see what else you have. You know, the Montgomery kid is a Scranton prep kid. I've had the chance to see him play at Scranton prep. I think he's a big talent, uh, Tom. Now, he had he, he had that knee injury a year ago. I think it's one of those things where he's just got to take it easy. He has to continue to recover, continue to get healthy, but I think he's somebody who – can make an impact if he is healthy in training camp and you can see him potentially become a number three guy in the fall. If he is a hundred percent healthy, right? I mean, you don't want to rush somebody back out just for the sake of rushing somebody back out if they're not healthy, Tom, but having, having a key third guy, um, would be big for this team. You know, you know, knowing just how much you are going to be using Allen and Singleton, throughout this year depth in the event of injury very important i want to keep an eye on tank smith uh yeah. redshirt senior he showed some flashes in the chances he got in last year uh, I, I want to see what he does during spring ball blue white game and obviously during summer training camp uh wide receiver this was a position james franklin didn't really single out anybody which is not necessarily a good sign. Uh, his, the big thing that James Franklin was saying is that, quote, this position group altogether needs to, get, needs to get tougher and more consistent. And he said consistency is something they're looking for across the board. You understand that. Now, the transfer portal guys, Dante Cephas from Kent State and Malik McLean from Florida State, they don't get in until the summer. So right now you've got Keandre Lambert-Smith plus Trey Wallace, plus Omari Evans, plus Saunders, and a bunch of other guys who've got chances to break out. Let's not forget about Liam Clifford, by the way. I keep forgetting about him every time we do this show, and he had some really nice uh, yeah. performances late in last season. 
when you hear that, you know, no one really gets singled out as oh, so and so, whatever, he's doing great. And but the needness for the need for toughness and consistency. Tough, like what what I take away from him saying they need to get tougher is that it sounds like there's a lot of complaining or or excuses being made, right? I mean, that's the first thing I think of when a coach says we got to get tougher, right? Guys are complaining about this, they're complaining about that. There's an excuse for this, there's an excuse for that. And here's the problem, Tom, that that they're going to run into if they don't figure this out at the wide receiver position, right? We just and and it's what we just talked about. It's the quarterbacks that are going uh, that the quarterback competition that's going on. These guys battle, and these quarterbacks are going to be making mistakes. If you're having quarterbacks make mistakes, you're having wide receivers make mistakes. You can't function at practice. It's gonna it's gonna be a disaster. So these wide receivers need to step up, and they need to step up starting day one, right? Trey Wallace needs to step up. Lambert Smith needs to step up. You just said it, Liam Clifford. He's been there. He's a redshirt sophomore. He needs to step up. Caden Saunders, Malik Mago, Mari Evans, like these guys have been there, right? They understand what is expected from them. There, there's no, like you can't have the inconsistencies anymore. The routes need to be right. When they break the huddle, they need to be going to the right spots. Um, they need to understand coverage. If they're having, if there's you know, combinations throughout the routes that they need to be able to read coverage, they need to be right with their decisions. Um, like we talked about the quarterbacks leaning and relying on what's around them on the offensive side of the ball. We know the offensive line is going to be there. It's much improved. We just talked about arguably the best one, two punch in America at the running back spot, right? These wide receivers are going to play such an important role for the development of these quarterbacks this spring. There's no messing around. Like I have to believe James Franklin, Mike Yersich, the focus has to be on these wide receivers and just letting them know, Tom, like it's on you guys to help bring these quarterbacks around. And I mean, again, it's like we, we saw flashes at times from some of these guys, but it's now or never for this wide receiver group. And Keandre Lambert Smith, whether his name is spoken or not, has got to be the focus of you got to step up. And then here's the thing too, Tom, you mentioned McLean, you mentioned Dante Cephas. They don't get there right until the summer you have to imagine two guys like that who've played who've played and played at a high level as well right I mean coming in expectations are high for those guys if that's me and I'm a wide receiver I'm doing everything I can to get ahead right now in spring ball that's that's the importance of spring ball Tom right is having 15 practices to prove what you're capable of doing so that you go into the summer thinking, all right, I did a fantastic job. I really separated myself. I really proved it. And it's not just you. The coaches see it, right? When you're evaluated throughout the course of spring ball, they're seeing development through practice one, five, seven, 11, 15. And then the spring game, you can sit back and say, you know who really impressed me? You know, Trey Wallace really, really impressed me. Keandre Lambert Smith, Malik Mega. Hey, Liam Clifford had a lot of good practices. Look at the improvement here, right? That, that, that's, that's how you get ahead. That's how you separate yourself when you head into training camp. It's the time right now. So these guys have a leg up on those two transfer guys coming in. I mean, I mean, just I can't stress enough, Tom, how important that is for this coaching staff to be telling these guys that day in and day out. Are you looking for undeniably good hair and beard care? Then Maestro's Classic is perfect for you. Maestro's has beard washes, beard oils, beard 
butters, plus hair gels and pomades. It's one brand for every man. Visit maestrosclassic.com. That's M-A-E-S-T-R-O-S classic.com and use our promo code paydirt 15 paydirt 15 at checkout for 15% off your order. Maestro's Classic, crafting a better you. Are you a fan of rivalries? Are you a fan of smack talk? Do you like to stand out from the crowd at tailgates? If so, head over to Smack Apparel and check out what their team is geared up for this football season. Their Let There Be White tee is the perfect gear for those famous whiteout games at Beaver Stadium. Or get straight to the point with the worst tee for all the Ohio State haters out there. Smack Apparel makes the gear that'll have everyone asking where you got it. They have the must-have tees for all your teams, including pro football, baseball, basketball every fan is covered head over to their website smackapparel.com and use the promo code paydirt at checkout for 10 percent off again that's smackapparel.com promo code paydirt at checkout why wear boring when you can wear smack that brings me to my next point in regards to the tight ends because i thought this was a really interesting point that james franklin brought up now brenton strange is off to the national football league and the nfl draft we wish him the best of luck incoming it's you know theo johnson and tyler warren as the projected you know one and two one a one b who knows who's the starter doesn't really matter necessarily but the important thing that james franklin said is to have depth behind those guys because he said there were instances last season, there were some injuries. Tyler Warren missed some time. Theo Johnson got nicked up a couple of times uh, during the 2022 campaign. It's that when the tight end group had injuries, Franklin said, quote, it limited some of the packages that Mike Yurcich was able to go to. And you and I saw it as the season went on. They went to the tight ends more and more and more. It was a really nice, steady progression. They identified... Uh, not the shortcomings of the wide receiver group, but obviously some of the struggles, uh, injuries to Parker Washington, and then obviously Mitchell Tinsley did a great job, but after that, struggles. So it, it makes it even more apparent, the, the comments about the wide receiver group, that, hey, you guys got to get tougher, you got to get more consistent, and then looking at the tight ends, you know what you got in Johnson and Warren, then it's on guys like Dinkins, Cross, uh, Mega Barnwell, who uh, James Franklin went on and on about, is 6'6", 269 Jeez. pounds at tight end. Uh, it's, it's something that's absolutely insane. Meanwhile, you got uh, Joey Schlaffer, who's a freshman. And let's not forget about Rappelier, who's coming in the summer. So yeah. there's this whole influx of tight ends that if the wide receivers don't step up, somebody's going to catch those passes. Somebody's <laughs> going to play those downs. And they won't be wide receivers. It, they'll be tight ends. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. You certainly have to see what you have with with guys that are new, um, right? I mean, who who is showing up well prepared? Who's competing? Who wants it at the tight end spot? Right? I mean, you, you know what you have in Johnson. You know what you have in Warren. You know they'll still get their reps, Tom. They'll still get their catches, but it's not it's not really a point of emphasis at the tight ends. For me, I'm certainly seeing who I have behind them, but. I would have no problem making it real uncomfortable for the wide receivers this this spring camp right now. I'm saying, listen, we need you guys here. The bulk of what we're implementing here as an offense, the bulk of what we're going to be doing in that practice is to force you to show up every day, is to force you to compete every single day, and it's to force whoever it may be to separate yourself from the rest of these wide receiver groups. Like That's how I would handle it. That's how I, I, I would approach it. Because, again, time, you know what you have there with Johnson and Warren. 
and, and how good those guys are, how well those guys have developed, how well those guys have played for you. So again, I'm doing everything I can to make sure they're getting their catches. They're getting their plays. Um, they're also staying safe and healthy as well. And we're going to see what we have behind them. But I'm telling you, I think when it comes to the pass game, the point of emphasis is going to be on those wide receivers every single daytime. It, it has to be, Tom, because we talked about it last year, right? Tinsley, Washington, and then it was the tight ends. And that's okay to do, but to continue to do that year in and year out with the talent that you have at wide receiver right now and the talent that you have coming in in the summer, you just you, you can't continue to play like that, right? Teams are going to catch on to it. I think so. I mean, for how, how talented the wide receiver group is and the, the, what the future looks like there and how much potential is there, it goes back to the wide receivers and, 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 and how they need to step up throughout this spring. And listen, I'm excited about Cephas getting on campus, was a star in the MAC, uh, had an 80-catch season, over 1,000 yards. Malik McLean is a little bit of a different story, a lot of size, a lot of eligibility left, multiple years, which is fantastic. However, not a ton in terms of a, a boatload of snaps and a boatload of catches. He is still something that to be discovered, I think. He could be a plug-and-play guy, and all of a sudden he gets the opportunity he's been looking for, and he goes off. Hopefully. We'll see. But we're, we're not going to know. For a number of months so there's just a lot of question marks in terms of pass catchers uh, and of course all of this starts with the offensive line which feels like a really strong unit uh going into the offseason going into 2023 some really positive news olu fashanu according to james franklin is a full go Lyndon tangwall is expected uh, ex expected to be a full go by practice number three uh the competition at center according to franklin it's going to be hunter norzad basically versus Nick Dawkins at center. You could also see Sal Wormley get some snaps at center. Uh, and another guy that he pointed out was Dominic Ruley. Uh, he was a redshirt freshman. Apparently, he has impressed the coaching staff. And then you also are going to have at right tackle a competition, it sounds like, between Caden Wallace and Drew uh, Shelton. Uh, again, that's for right tackle. So the positive thing I'm hearing is a lot of guys getting a lot of experience and there's depth. That's something Franklin continues to harp on is he wants, you know, that two deep to be like a two and a half deep. And it sounds like the offensive line has this. And man, this is freaking night and day from last year, Matt, because this time last year, I think there were what, six, seven scholarship offensive linemen available. And that's yeah. why the blue white game was a glorified exhibition and scrimmage last year as opposed to a game. So this is this is very good news. You know what? You know what? It's it's one of those things that like even when you take a look at right? The depth chart, you, you know what I mean? It, it's not, you're, you're not looking at it and saying, well, we don't know anything about this guy. We don't know anything about this guy. Like, what can this guy do? What can this guy do? When you look at these guys, like, I, I mean, Hunter Norris at Sal Wormley, Caden Wallace, you know, uh, Tangwell, Olu, you know, JB Nelson, like, you know, I mean, these guys, like they've played, they've played in a lot of games. They've done good things. Um, I mean, that has to feel good knowing that, you know, you've got guys that have, that have experience, that have played a lot. Now we have some depth, but it's just about continuing to build that depth just in case you need you have to start rotating seven or eight guys, Tom, where they can just add those pieces in and there's no drop-off in production when it comes to playing. Because again, like I mean, you look at offensive line, I mean, it's 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 a tough physical spot to play. You need depth. You absolutely need depth. You absolutely need competition when it comes to your offensive line. And you're right, though, from where we were a year ago to where we are now, 
give credit to James Franklin and, and, and give a ton of credit to Phil Troutwine. The goal right now, every, every position, just everybody stay healthy, just yeah. wrap them up in bubble wrap and let's just stay <laughs> healthy and then uh, get through spring ball and, and, and learn and progress and all those things. Also a shout out to Vega Yuane, who was uh, mm. somebody that James Franklin talked a lot about in his press conference, six, four, 352 pounds. And when you see him in person, you see him in pads, it's not a bad 352. It's a uh, how in the world is that human doing what <laughs> he's doing? So Vega, you want a uh, limited opportunities this past season, but he's certainly somebody that at guard, you could see him rotated in different spots. Yeah. So I'm very excited to see what he can do because I think about the Big Ten. I think about the girth of Michigan's offensive line, the way Iowa and Wisconsin like to play big boy football. Yeah. And hats off to Ohio State. They normally have guys that are, huge like tackles but not necessarily those monster guards so i'm really excited about what vega could be so the offense that that's kind of what's going on there the defense was a very different story during the the james franklin press conference and that there weren't a whole lot of questions asked about defensive back or linebacker um some of the information during the offseason you know it's kind of okay who's going to step up and fill in the role of jair brown there's obviously a number of different safeties that filled in after Jaquan Brisker went to the NFL, went to the Chicago Bears. So you kind of see the pieces that are going to step in and fill in for Brown. Obviously, Joey Porter Jr. is off to the NFL, probably a first-round draft pick. But you slide in Johnny Dixon, Kalen King, Daquan Hart. Like, you feel really good about those positions. There will be competition, of course, for those you know, backup roles, essentially. But uh, those weren't really asked a whole lot about in the press conference, and justifiably so. Linebacker, you know what you have in Abdul Carter and Curtis Jacobs. The thing I've consistently heard through winter workouts, Matt, is those two guys getting bigger. Because honestly, for me, you know, Abdul was awesome last year, but he's a freshman, so obviously he can add to his frame. Uh, Curtis Jacobs, for me, if he were to go to the NFL now, he'd be a safety. And at linebacker, that was something that Penn State needed to get a little bit stiffer against the run. What do you think about when you hear the the emphasis on getting bigger in a good way? You know, I, I think too, Tom, because uh, that goes with what I was just going to talk about. And it's like, you know what to expect from this Manny Diaz defense this year. But now it becomes just how high can it go, right? How, just how good can you be i mean are we talking top 10 top five are we talking potentially a top three defense not in the big 10 in the nation because when you look at what they have and what they have returning tom i feel like that's a real possibility so you're talking about guys getting bigger guys getting better i mean absolutely but i'm talking about the defense in general getting bigger and getting better right they absolutely have the chance to be able to do that you mentioned linebacker obviously abdul carter curtis jacobs kobe king DeLuca's played a lot of football for them. Elson has played a lot of football for them. Um, I mean, the secondary, what? There's eight guys. Eight guys. It's crazy. There's, and, Storm, and don't so. forget Storm Duck from UNC is on his way. Yeah. This summer. I mean, there's eight guys that, that can play and that can rotate. I mean, in your front seven, Chop Robinson, Akeem Beeman, Adisa Isaac, Kaziah Izzard, Vaughn Ellis. I mean, Zane Durant, Dennis Sutton. I mean, you're you're talking eight to ten guys in that rotation as well, Tom. I, I mean, there there's not not even talking about the Big Ten. You look across the country. I don't know how many teams can say that that they can rotate guys like that and continue to play at that high of a level. So, I, I mean, 
it's it's really impressive what they've done, what they've built, the depth they've been able to build. How, and again, we've talked about this, how fast Manny Diaz was able to implement that system. So I, I don't think there's a concern, Tom, in a way where you think, could they drop it all? It's They're going to continue to get better. But just what is the limit to that? And how good could this defense really become? Uh, you, you hit on a bunch of names there at linebacker, but that third linebacker spot, obviously Jonathan Sutherland has graduated. Uh, Budden entered the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. So who solidifies that position? Kobe King played a lot of snaps last year. Could be him, but th- there's going to be competition for that third quarterback spot. So, or, I'm sorry, linebacker spot. So we're going to keep an eye on that. Uh, defensive line, you hit on it. I, you feel really good about defensive end. And there was something James Franklin said is that there's a very good chance during passing downs in 2023, you see a lot of defensive ends on the field. Um, then it comes and it brings your attention to defensive tackle. PJ Mustafer literally and figuratively is a huge missing piece now that he's gone on to the National Football League. His size, his leadership, his ability, his intelligence. So now you're looking at guys like Devon Elise and Koziah Zard and all of a sudden Akeem Beeman, guys that there's something that James Franklin talked about during the regular season is like we need to get bigger without sacrificing athleticism. Are you worried about the depth of D tackle? Um, I don't think so. Um, you know, again, I mean, we'll have a chance to, you know, see how this plays out over spring. You know what I mean? And and again, we only we don't we we Tom don't get to see to see anything really, you know, in spring ball. Obviously, it's just a lot of what people talk about and you know what we what we think is happening based off what we've seen from a year ago. Um, obviously, we'll we'll have a you know a chance to see how guys play, how guys develop, how guys move, how guys look, what they're rotating like at the spring game. Um, but again, that's that's another position where guys have still played, right? Akeem Beeman, Izzard, um, you know, Von Ellis, right? I mean, Ben Berg, Zane Durant. So, I mean, there still is depth there at that at those D-tackle positions. Um, but when, when you've got power and speed on the edge, you know, you, you – you, 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 it can make up for what you lack on the inside, especially when you have good guys playing linebacker position as well. You're not going to be able to replace a guy like PJ, PJ Mustafer, obviously, and the things that, that he was able to do throughout his career. But, you know, I, I don't think you need to try to do that either. I think what's going to help them, Tom, is the right rotation and great depth will help them, help them at that deep tackle position. And let's not forget Nick Tarburton, defensive end. He's graduated. Um, I think this is a really big offseason for Adisa Isaac. Last year, this time last year, he's still recovering from an Achilles tear. So now had a successful 2022 campaign. Hopefully stays healthy through this offseason. He can really build and get rolling into 2023. Chop Robinson has a chance to make that leap into superstardom in terms of being maybe one of the top five defensive ends considered for next year's NFL draft. I think that much of them. Uh, you mentioned Zane Durant and, and Jordan Vandenberg. In my opinion, Jordan Vandenberg, I, I was looking at him last season as a guy to break out. That didn't really happen. It, it's got to be now. You have a wide open chance with Mustafer gone, and it's not to say that Ellie's and, and Kiz, uh, Izzard, excuse me, and um, uh, Akeem Beeman are not going to lock down those starting defensive tackle spots, but Vandenberg, I'll use the words of Thomas Frank Carr from Blue White Illustrated, is can be a nuisance in the middle <laughs> of the line, which is a great thing to be at defensive tackle. And then Zane Durant, for a true freshman last year, showed some raw power. So those are your guys that can contribute quickly, and especially, again, new defensive line coach, 
same defensive coordinator, same defensive staff, but the big thing is about everybody getting on the same page now, getting that installation organized so that way you roll into summer camp. Uh, for you, spring ball versus summer camp, major differences. Yeah, um, I talked a little bit about it earlier, you know, and in, in, in the importance of spring ball and what it means. Um, you know, you can absolutely distance yourself from those around you heading into summer and heading into training camp. Um, you know, early on, the first few practices, you, you know, you're doing your best just to kind of get a feel for being back in that competitive environment, playing football, you know, against the defense or defense against an offensive again. But, you know, once you start to hit Tom, like practice five, six, seven, right, you, you get a really good feel for it and you start to get in the groove. And I think that 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 middle portion towards the end, Tom, is where you can turn a lot of heads, you can open a lot of eyes and, you know, you can you can really make that move to where you go into the spring game feeling good um, and then heading that summer you know, feeling like you made a statement, feeling like you've impressed, um, you know, that way. And again, it's a mental thing as well, Tom, because you don't want to be thinking about how poor of a how poor of a spring you had throughout the whole course of the summer, you know. So really focus in, really dial in on spring ball day in and day out, the importance of it, um, understanding the playbook, understanding the process, knowing what your responsibilities are, being v extremely well prepared understanding the mental aspect of it, Tom, that way you end, the end in the summer, you can focus on conditioning, right? Focus on putting some size on. Um, so, so you can head into training camp feeling good um, about where you're at. And again, Tom, like I, I think too, like if you can separate yourself in the sp in spring and you go into training camp as the favorite or the guy to get those first reps, Right. I mean, that is such a confidence booster right there. So, you know, th this, the, the, you can't take spring ball for granted. You can't take any time you step on the field for granted, right? You're constantly being evaluated. You're constantly being watched. Um, so spring ball is crucial to anybody that's, that's in a competition right now. It's a big opportunity for you to separate yourself from everybody else. Practices got underway yesterday, 15 total in the spring practice period, and it all culminates on Saturday, April 15th with the blue-white game. So I can't wait for it. I'm thrilled to have some headlines to talk about when it comes to Penn State football again because, you know, the, the offseason is just – it sucks. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm loving the XFL and the USFL right now. It's giving me my fix. So uh, we're going to keep an eye on all these competitions as spring practice continues. Thank you all so much for joining us. This episode and our entire library of shows is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, let us know what you think of the show on Twitter, at QB 11 and at Tom Hannafin. Paydirt is presented by Bet Online and by Funk Brewing. Thanks again, everyone, and join us next week for more Paydirt. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.